Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mummy Warriors podcast. I'm today joined by Liz, who's the author of Clean Your Plate, 13 Things Good Parents Say That Ruin Their Kids' Lives. So hi Liz, welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi there, thank you for having me. Um, first off, I have a mom. I, I'm a mom. I have a 14 year old stepdaughter, a four, almost five year old toddler NATO, and a one year old who just turned mom. Um, my nights and nap times alter ego. I have a PhD in business psychology, and I apply business psychology to parenting and self improvement and entrepreneurship just because I read one too many parenting books before I had kids and they taught me next to nothing. It doesn't matter if you know what meconium is, if you can't bond with your baby. So <laughs> exactly. I kind of started, it's, it's hopeless. You study like you're studying for a test and then this child comes out of you and you're like, I have nothing to do with you. <laughs> so I actually found myself applying all my stuff from my business psychology degree to my kids. So that's kind of where I went with my career is like parenting psychology and educational psychology and childhood development only takes you so far. But a lot of the stuff about actually how to deal with your kids as people is great from like an employer's perspective. I always jokingly call my one-year-old my assistant, but it's it's like colleagues that are allowed to, you know, wake you up at 3am by kicking <laughs> you in the face. What inspired you to write? I think this question is best answered in story form. When I was getting my master's degree, I lived in New York and I was my first time on my own. And I, for the longest time, I wanted a puppy. So I got a, a dog. He's a rescue dog. And he's best described the way my dad described him the first time he met him is he has larceny in his soul Uh he's a horrible dog (laughs) he was used and just so poorly um so the word no got introduced to my vocabulary pretty early and often is preparing me for parenthood um but so my whole life was like no no don't do this don't do that get off the table do that a couple years pass I meet my now husband and I'm walking back from Kleinsfeld, the say yes to the dress place. I wasn't on the show, but I went to the store to get our wedding dress. Right. And I'm walking with um, one of my friends and someone like through the New York streets and someone grabs my shoulder and I am uniquely prepared for this situation. I have a master's degree in criminology. I've been in martial, I've taught 10 kickboxing classes a week. Like if you're going to mug anyone, you do not want to mug me because I have so right. much knowledge for what to do. And of course, my gut instinct, I turn around and I go, no, exactly <laughs> like I'm scolding my dog. Right. <laughs> that moment taught me that it does not matter what you learn. It does not matter what you read. What matters right. is what you practice all the time. It turned out that the person grabbing my shoulder was the IT guy for our office. Oh, he was wow. just saying hello. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and I blatantly scolded him on the streets of New York like he was an errant schnauzer. Right. Um, but it kind of taught me that um, it doesn't matter if you've trained. It doesn't matter if you've read a bunch of books on something. What matters is what you practice all the time. So when I started parenting, I realized it doesn't matter if you tell your kids something, what matters is they practice all the time. You can say you are in control of your body. You don't need to let anyone touch you if you, if you don't want them to. Right. But if you're constantly 
are going into family functions and saying, no, no, give your aunt a hug. You have to hug family. Come on. Right. You're sending them out, making them practice that you don't actually own your own body. Right. So I kept noticing those over and over again. And finally, it just bubbled up to the point where I was like, you know, I need to write this down or it's going to eat me alive. Wow. I've never actually thought about that at all. And it's so true because you do, well, a lot of us, a lot of parents, we do force our kids to like say hello or give this person a hug and you have to. And really and truly, it does kind of contradict the whole, if they don't want to, then we shouldn't. I've started adopting the philosophy and we just did holidays with family in a weird um, where my daughters can say, oh, let's fist bump instead. And then it's like she gives the grandpa whatever a cool excuse to do what the hip youngsters do, but she doesn't have to hug someone if she doesn't feel like it right then. And she doesn't need a better reason than I don't feel like it because that's all you need in life. Which leads me to my next question as well. What is the main thing you want parents to take away from reading your Overarching themes are, I want people to focus on parenting for the long term instead of the short term. You want to parent for skills instead of parenting for results. Right. And then parent, and this one is the hardest for me, parent as if you and your kid are on the same team. It sounds completely self-explanatory but it is so hard when your child is throwing a tantrum you are not on their team they are no. team you are team please be quiet we're in a public place <laughs> but the more, you, the more you can try to parent as if you guys are actually on the same side the better it is in the long run so basically in the end I suppose we both want the same results in terms of we both want you to be happy well it's even and that's kind of you kind of combine them there for the long term, you both want a kid that will be fully functional in society. If they grow up being a person that thinks screaming at family in a target is okay, they're going to end up on Walmart's most wanted. And that's not going to make them happy. <laughs> so you both have a long term common goal. It's kind of you have to do some mental gymnastics to find a way of thinking at it where you're both on the same team because then you're not fighting against them. Kids right. love to butt heads. You kind of have to. It's the old metaphor about you can't stop the river, but if you put a rock, it will go around it. You have to find a way to put a rock there and just right. funnel them around. Right. So I have an example. So when I want my son to do something, I if I speak to him normally and if I say, Brandon, pick up your toys, he's obviously going to be that combative four-year-old that's going to say, I don't want to pick up my toys or I can't pick up my toys. But if I say like Gecko from PJ Mask, pick up the toys. We have to go on a mission. No yes. one cleans no one cleans up the toys fast enough than him. So is is that kind of um a way of implementing the, the changing of language of speaking to children? Or yeah. am I just making a fool of myself? If it works, you're doing it right. Like let's that toy thing I feel very I am very OCD if it's not a right angle it's a wrong angle so (laughs) I I love I love my very very carefully put away things what I usually do is I make sure that I have some of my stuff in a pseudo mess and it'll be like okay Natalie um who's my four-year-old tornado is like okay I bet I can pick up my toys faster than you pick up your toys because we both have to go to bed with things clean right and then he kind of gets to see, oh, mom has to do work too, but it motivates her like, 
she loves nothing more than beating me at my own game. Right. So if I can motivate her, and that's a life skill, you do have to put your stuff away before you go to bed or you wake up in a pigsty. That's the way the adult world works. So yeah. I have those values in her, but in a way where she can still beat me, which is really all she cares about. Because <laughs> obviously I am a parent of one four-year-old boy and for me, I believe that it, for what I've been reading, it's more of a message of kind of a short term change in books, like parenting books, rather than a lifestyle change. I think that's definitely a great message uh, to, to put out there. Um, what was something that was said to you as a kid that sticks to you, sticks with you um, to this day? Oh, wow. I could <laughs> go on for ages about the voices I hear in my head. I think Clean Your Plate, that's the title chapter for my book, is the most obvious and has produced the most bizarre side effect behaviors for me. It was it wasn't even stressed that much. It was just like, oh yeah, clean your plate and then you get dessert. Like that was an obvious cause and effect. And then in my adult life, in college and as a grown up, I've realized that I will eat my way through anything you put on my plate, even if I'm not hungry, even if I didn't like the food, even if I'm not doing it just to be polite. Like I'm by myself. I'm in my car eating French fries. They're cold and stale and yucky. And I'm like, no, gotta get to the bottom of the thing or I don't get dessert. And it's like right. things that we practice over and over and over again. Like, like we have to be careful what we let our kids do over and over because that's going to determine their adult behaviors. Right, right. So basically nip it in the bud while they're yeah. young before it actually gets out of control. Well, a lot of them aren't bad when they're young. Listen to mom is really, really good. We want kids to listen to our parents. The examples I use in my book, your kid is throwing a tantrum in the grocery store. You want nothing more than for them to be quiet. The A scenario as a parent is you say, because I said so. Right. And they immediately go, oh, hark, the authority figure is speaking. I will be silent. You're right. And I am wrong. That's winning parenting. But if you transpose that situation, let's say 15 years in the future, and your kid is on their first date and their date um, asks them to do something that's against their moral compass, whether it's underage drinking or something scandalous or whatever. And your kid goes, ah, I don't really want to do that. And they go, yes, because I said so. You really don't want them to respond with, okay, the authority figure has said so. I'll yeah. do what you want. So the response really positive father is really malfunctioning as an adult. Right. So the point of this book is to think through what we're saying and phrase. I mean, you still want your kid to stop screaming in the grocery store. Nowhere in my book will you find let your kid be a jerk to you in public. Like that's not my <laughs> yeah. But do it in a well thought out way that moves a lot. So by using a certain thought process, you're actually creating a physical structure in your brain that makes that thought process easier to do a second time. Right. For me, parenting is kind of the art of training your kids minds so that when they encounter something in the adult world their muscle memory kicks in they have those really robust healthy pathways mm -hmm. so that they react in a proper way so I'm not saying you shouldn't have well-behaved children I'm not saying you shouldn't tell your kids to sit still or don't hit their siblings or not to tell them to finish their homework but you want to kind of think about the way you phrase those so that you're building the skill sets they need later on right I, I, it actually makes sense to train the mind more than tame the behavior, because obviously if you train the mind, that would be the long lasting effect rather than obviously 
sending out mixed messages. My best example for this that I've done surprisingly well with my daughter, I've I will not claim to have done everything right, but this one was really a main focus for me. Um, I didn't want her to be scared of hard things. I wrote my doctoral dissertation on failure. I want business cards someday that say I have a PhD in failure. Uh Um, (laughs) But I've seen so many adults that shy away from new things and don't want to put themselves out there and don't want to try new things because they're so scared that they're going to fail. Yeah. That it it keeps them from really accomplishing stuff. So I've made a very, very clear point with my daughter. Oh, you don't want something easy. The easy stuff is boring. You want something hard. And I've really made a point of training her like that. And now she's gotten to the point. I don't know if she does this just to appease me because she really plays to the audience, something terrible. Right. Um, (laughs) This is is really hard, but don't worry, mommy. I love hard things. I'm going to keep going. What do you think, in your opinion, and I'm sure you've got many of friends that are like moms and stuff, what are the most common thing parents say that you think ruin their kids' lives? <laughs> well, I, the title was for creative hyperbole. First of all, I want to send out the message. There's nothing, no one thing you can say that will ruin your kids' lives. They're incredibly pliant. They're incredibly bouncy. If you are a good, well-meaning mom, you're probably not going to scar your kid for life. Right. But the one thing I would say is just really, you scream one more time, we're going home. You really want to make sure not to do any empty threats. Like whatever happens, right or wrong, like you need to stick to your word because kids thrive on having an understandable, predictable system. That's what makes them feel safe. If you picture learning how to swim, you spend, you don't, the, the side of the pool isn't the most interesting part of learning how to swim, but it is the most essential part. Right. They go into the scary water and then they come cling to the side of the pool. And then they push the side of the pool away and they swim for a while and then they come back and cling on it. Think of how terrifying learning to swim would be if the side of the pool all of a sudden moved. Right. Kind of this a parental system where you change the rules on your kids. So I would say my advice, to, my biggest advice to parents is never make a rule you can't enforce. If right. you know you're going to just stay silent, let them walk all over you. Don't say I'm going to do X or Y if you can't actually carry through. And it involves a decent amount of self-knowledge. If you know you are not capable of taking your kids somewhere without buying them something, yeah. don't say, oh, I'm not going to buy you an item at the store, little man. Like, Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> In fact, I, I would love to share with you some like when you were just speaking there, I'm like, oh my God, that is me all over. I carry out empty frets all the time. It's I'm, so hard not to. I'm I'm like a walkover sometimes. And then this is bad, I know, I know, but like basically my son can basically walk all over me, walk all over me. I I set we do have boundaries because we have a very strict kind of routine that sometimes he bell against but basically we was out the other day and I had all intentions of getting Christmas shopping and he asked for a toy and I was like if you let me finish in a bank I'll buy you a toy he started acting up so I said okay I'm not buying you a toy and he started screaming at me in the middle of the town and then I literally I completely I would admit lost control and I was like, right, you're not getting the toy and you're not behaving yourself and we are just going to go home. I didn't teach him exactly what he done wrong. He wasn't really aware of why he was being disciplined. And if had I put in place, maybe from obviously what you've been speaking of, 
making rules and sticking to them, we wouldn't have got into that big old mess <laughs> in the yeah. first place. It is so hard. Like parenting is, to, you hear things coming out of your mouth. Like, who's saying this? <laughs> like there's so many parents it's like oh I'm not I'm gonna the kid's gonna sleep in their own bed and I will work two hours a day and they can just play quietly blah 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 and then they have a baby and it's like they co-sleep the baby (laughs) guilty it was a hundred percent me I was like no I'm gonna need my space we're gonna go on couple vacations once a year because we need our time as a married couple I haven't seen my spouse for more than 13 consecutive minutes and months (laughs) but I would just say like the more you can like learn like only say rules that you actually plan on following through just like build up that like street cred with your kids like Uh okay mom just say like my husband he is he's the gas pedal and I'm the brake. I asked the question before they even had the question finished. I have the word no coming out of my mouth. Like (laughs) even when I should say yes. So he's great. But like the kids know, like when daddy says no, he effing means it. Right. Right. He doesn't say no often, but when he does, his word is law because they know he's not going to change his mind. Right. not about being like lenient or strict because you can do it correctly either way it's about like the occasions you do pick your battles you have to win the ones you pick yeah yeah okay well that is definitely noted Liz you're teaching me so much on this this podcast I definitely am going to make a note of that because I am a complete pushover (laughs) everything I said I wouldn't do when I wasn't a mom is everything I'm doing now (laughs) so (laughs) Where they exist just to serve me my crow on a custom <laughs> hand drawn platter. <laughs> I was like, I am going to be the kid, the mom that my kids are going to be able to do that. And I even said, um, on a previous podcast that I used to be that person in a supermarket when their kids having a meltdown that's like oh my god like really I can't believe you're letting your kids speak to you like that and then cut to it's me I'm the one in the supermarket whose kid is screaming at me and I'm like okay well this is exactly what it's like being a parent it is you can't pre-plan one thing I will say that I have loved about being a parent is most of humanity has already been a parent. Like if, yeah. if you run into like a couple judgmental 20 somethings, like they might give you a hard time. But like, here's my example for this. I have my four-year-old was in dance class and this was the before the pandemic hit. So she was um, in her first dance class, like the did it to be like, look at mine. Mine's pointing her toes so much better than yours. That's her like, Oh, take a look at what my little jerk did this morning. Oh, she's horrible. (laughs) Parents, it's like one of those weird clubs. People who aren't parents don't get, but once you're born into it, like I've had so many. My kid is like in the middle of the store and um, other parents just walk by and gives me a thumbs up like, oh, yep, been there. Yep. (laughs) Everyone who really matters, like everyone who's done this before realizes like, oh, you're just trying to make it to bedtime without bloodshed, honey. Exactly, exactly. And it's just like picking your picking your battles like I feel sometimes do you feel I don't know like I feel sometimes kids are made to challenge like on an everyday basis sometimes I feel like I don't want a war today I want peace please I want peace I'm waving the white flag but well, that's how they find their boundaries like we talked about yeah. the side of the swimming pool testing the boundaries to make sure they're still there because if the boundary disappears their world is a scary place and also I am a huge believer and I might be in the minority I'm a believer in a good tantrum. Like if I draw the line and my daughter doesn't like it, like 
congratulations, you're going to cry on the floor for a while until yeah. you realize you're being ridiculous. You'll get to bed earlier. Crying is exhausting. Carry on. Like, Yeah, like, so, yeah. No, I, I am actually with you on that. I'm with you yeah, on you that. you have to raise a child that's perfect all the time, but, like, if you can get your t- tantrums to be mostly when you're in private, then, like, that's a win. <laughs> like, that's the thing as well. Like, most of mine are. Yeah. Most of my kids' tantrums are at home. So it was so shocking to me when we were out that he was behaving like that because I've never seen it before. It was um, a my, lot different. My, my stepmother sent me a, the funniest meme, and I completely believe it, um, is that kids who are absolute jerks in private and are really well-behaved in public are the, have the best parents because <laughs> they are educated enough to know how they're supposed to behave but they're secure enough to know that you're not going anywhere if they don't behave that way in front of you yeah I like that but I'm gonna take it because I yeah (laughs) (laughs) I like that another thing that I wanted to to ask is what examples do you have in how you communicate with your own Uh, usually it involves a lot of deep breaths before I actually (laughs) communicate Um, the best thing I have to remind myself with, because what's the only thing that's worse than your kid being completely different from you is your kid being the exact same person as you are. Right. <laughs> I, I am inherently stubborn and I, I call it principled. There's a way <laughs> you walk in the way you have to do it that way because it is right. And the other thing is wrong and I will not tolerate the wrong thing, but that is actually just me being stubborn. And my daughter is the exact same way. So we have like old Western draws in my house where like my husband will come in the room. My daughter and I are like eyeballing each other angrily. Like, <laughs> by, like you hear the banjos in the background. And like, What's happening, honey? But you kind of have to step outside of yourself as parents and say, okay, what is that thing? that's going to help them in the long term so if you take yourself out of the moment where like you are right and they are wrong and they're being a horrible toddler and you are being the correct adult and say like okay how do I want them to handle this in the future so you fast forward 20 years and she's like I have a business proposal due at midnight I really don't want to do it I just want someone to help me and think what would you want her to do in that scenario and it's like okay I'd probably want her to take a breath give herself a little bit of a break and then give herself an incentive to get through it quicker so I say like okay Natalie we're gonna go and we're both gonna get some water because we need to hydrate anyway because I've been trying to get her to drink more water and less soda so Mm -hmm. take a little bit break and it's like okay we're gonna race mom has her um, Christmas cards all over the desk and you have your toys all over the floor. We're going to race to see who gets who gets there first. And then whoever gets their pile done fastest gets to shower first. So I kind of took myself out of the momentary standoff and translated what thought processes she was using in the moment to what I would want her to use like far in the future. Right. And then I tried to orchestrate where she'd have to kind of exercise those skills and walk her through it. Right. It takes a of emotional energy to do that with one of the like 90 tantrums that happen in a day mm-hmm. but if you can do it even once a day that well then it's like she's learning something right. I swear kids aren't gonna learn their ABCs and their math facts from us they learn how to interact with the world like where they walk up to a door and they open it before they go through that's us that's parents we taught them that congratulations right, right. They're going to learn all the academic stuff from school. It's your job to teach them how to interact with the world around them. And they can do it well or really badly. 
I love that. Do it all at once. I at least once a day, one of us is crying on the floor. Usually, it's me. (laughs) Perfect, but like even the act of thinking through this stuff, like as something comes out of your mouth, you'll have the oh my gosh, what is that? And you like try to catch the speech bubble and cram it back in your mouth hole. Mm -hmm. Um, The act of thinking through the future consequences of the thought patterns you're teaching your kid really like it'll just subtly change the way you parent yeah if it doesn't turn you into like nanny poppins right away it will help you just kind of casually steer into the skit a little bit and it'll slowly get easier over time i'm not promising instantaneous transformation but but, like a lot of this i go through in the book like it'll just kind of like give you that little pinprick of thought that's like oh i could probably tweak this a little bit yeah and Slowly going to get better results as your kid builds those pathways. Because each time you handle a situation properly, each time you teach your kid to think their way out of a tantrum as opposed to throwing themselves on the floor, you're building up that mental pathway and taking neurons away from the, the destructive pathways. So right. each time you have a parental win, it's increasing the likelihood of that win happening again. So you're making it easier for yourself as you go on. It'll cumulatively see results. Okay, that was nicely said. What What is the most inspiring chapter for you in your book? Oh, yikes. Um, personally, for me, because I have a very dysfunctionally close relationship to failure, I like the chapter on don't be a quitter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like kind of my love language. Um, I also think the chapter we talked a little bit about on don't on give your aunt a hug is really important because mm-hmm. consent has to happen early and often. If you're talking to your kids about consent when they are teenagers, you are too late. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean don't talk to them about it. It means start talking earlier. Right. Um, I'm a born academic, so I love the chapter on get straight A's. It's all about like how formalized academics kind of kills your kid's love for learning and how to avoid right. that. Um, but I think if you're going for inspirational, um, it's just kind of an overall message throughout the whole book that you aren't alone in your parenting problems. There is a very sarcastic um, community-based tone. I actually, um, I worked with an editor on one of the early, early uh, versions of the book and her comments, she was fellow mom. I met her in a mom entrepreneur group online and her comments were funnier than what I had written. And I was like, I feel so guilty depriving people of this humor she had, but I don't want to like steal it. So I actually, throughout the book, I got her and one of of my other mom friends to make kind of sarcastic comments in the margins. And I actually published with because I really wanted it to not be like you have this psychologist lecturing you on how you're ruining your kids. I wanted it to be that dance class where the door shuts and people are like, check out what my little jerk did today. Right. So there are comments. Other moms like I'll say something, and one of the moms will be like, "Alexa, add ibuprofen to my shopping list." <laughs> so multiple it's basically me, and then two people making sarcastic comments in the margins. Right. So I really wanted that like community feel because parenting is exhausting, and one of the yep. best ways kids like to ruin your soul is it deprives you of that like social network feel because you don't have an identity anymore. You are not Liz. You are Natalie's mom. If someone yells Natalie's mom, I turn around. If someone yeah. yells Liz, time I don't. <laughs> Parenting is really, really social. You're constantly in the company of other human beings, but it is not a mutual relationship. It is not someone you can have reciprocal conversations with your no. people. They are so, so self-absorbed, really. 
And it takes you out of the moment where you're like head to head with a mutual combatant and puts you back in that parent role. Like, okay, I have to teach you how to do this because your brain's not all the way there yet. Right. And that it's really reassuring (laughs) right it certainly is definitely with the top the topics and subjects that we've touched upon today they're so relatable um I want you to take the time and tell our listeners where they can get your book um and anything else you'd like our listeners to know Uh, definitely okay well the book is on amazon the title is clean your plate 13 things good parents say that ruin kids lives I guess we talked about this before that it's great of hyperbole you're not gonna ruin your kids mm-hmm. um, I, I actually have another um coming out in a couple months called Pain in a pandemic and it just talks about like all the different jobs we have to do now that we are doctor teacher nurse babysitter swim coach and mom right. <laughs> um so, and if you want to follow me, I have my main website is called the Stay Sane Mom. It's the staysanemom.com. And that's just kind of parenting advice, how to keep your mind and be a human being and a parent at the same time. And then on the more like entrepreneur side, um, me and the two other moms who make comments in the book started a company together. It's called Done Like a Mother, donelikeamother.com. And that okay. is more of the like how to balance your time between work and parenting how to keep that balance and again attempt not to murder your children in the process okay (laughs) I love it I love it well Liz thank you once again for joining us today it was a pleasure 